So why do we all need mercy? I'm not sure why I developed kind of a, a standoffish attitude with science. But when I was a whole lot younger, every year, I guess in the fall, these catalogs about this thick came out from Sears and Montgomery Ward to the house, and we'd start shopping for Christmas presents. You know, there were whole sections of toys and sporting goods and clothes. I mean, but at lawnmowers, too. Everything that Sears or Montgomery Wards carried back then was in those catalogs. And so, meticulous, you know, going item by item and stuff, often, often, I would land on chemistry sets. I never got one. Now, in my memory, which could very easily be totally mistaken, I was forbidden to have a chemistry set. It could be that I just really, when it got down to the wire and writing those letters to Santa Claus, that I settled for something else, like a BB gun or a race car set or... Uh, it's a new musical instrument or something. I mean, it, there's no telling. But the way that I remember it, I was encouraged away from that. I mean, we didn't even get to play in the kitchen. I didn't cook anything growing up in my mother's house that I recall maybe helped with, helped with cookies a time or two. So... If, if there was an initial interest there, I was discouraged from it. Well, then you get to school, and a whole lot of the science classes that I received were a lot about memorization. You know, lists and lists of body parts and, I mean, you know, whatever. Just, um, you had to memorize everything. Well, I was a whole lot more adept at memorizing song lyrics and melodies. I mean, I did fine. I, I, I did fine in those classes, but it was not fun. And it, and it didn't snag my interest. So these little pieces parts as I go along are kind of sending me another direction. So... Oh, I wanted to invent things. And, and it seems to me that I may have invented a bunch of stories about inventing things. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how much I ever really came up with that was original. Um, I would, I do remember doing things like carving bars of ivory soap you know, sculpting. Um, so again, there's art rather than actual methodical engagement with something to learn how to make it work. Uh, now, I, I did very uh, devotedly practice my instrument um, for a while. Anyway, 
I've been told rather recently, and Susan will recognize this, that I have a rather inquiring mind, at least that is, I ask questions that other people don't usually ask when we go places. So what, what if there are no hypothetical questions? I really do hope, though, that when, I, when I'm representing y'all with elected officials or, uh, you know, some group where we're actually trying to strategically plan something to be effective, that my questions aren't too rhetorical. Uh, though I do sometimes wonder what possessed this congregation that has certainly over time had more than its share of chemists and biologists and researchers and, and uh, attorneys and philosophers and mathematicians and psychologists and technology whizzes and teachers and physicians and, and logicians to call me to be the pastor. I mean, are you kidding me? Nothing rhetorical about that. Well, here I am and have been for a while. So now, uh, a couple of years ago, the worship committee decided to adopt this litur what we call our liturgical year that's fashioned after one that the Reverend Susan Smith created so that congregations that were uh, part of this liturgical year would move methodically through looking at all of the different principles and all of the different sources that the Unitarian Universalist Association of Congregations covenants together around. Because all of the ministers have our biases. We have our preferences. We have ones that we're most comfortable with in, this, in these lists of um, principles and sources. And so when we come to the fifth source, which is humanist teachings which counsel us to heed the guidance of reason and the results of sinus... <laughs> Science. <laughs> and warn us against idolatries of the mind and spirit. I'm kind of stymied. What do I bring you? What do I talk about? Once or twice a year, we have a ceremony that we call an in-gathering. And what we do in that ceremony is invite all the people who've become members, signed our book, between the last time we had an in-gathering and that, and that in-gathering, to come up here and we do a, a, a scripted litany the congregation has things they say, I have things I say, the new members have things they read, um, and there's a, part of that script says that this is a house of truth-seeking where the scientist can follow a quest and the mystic can abide in a community of searchers. Now, it's not often that those two things are easily reconciled. And what I keep 
trying to talk about here is that this is such a fertile ground for us to learn tools we can walk out into the world to be the justice makers that we dream of being. Um, I personally am quite fond of the notion of paradox. And I'm very comfortable with the proposition that m more things are paradoxical than we, can ha uh, than we would have thought or would prefer to think or like to think, uh, then poking around on the internet, looking for various things related to science and philosophy, um, logic and scholarship, I ran across someone named Thomas Kuhn. Anybody familiar with Thomas Kuhn? A couple of folks. Well, Thomas Kuhn wrote some influential material about the philosophy of science, the approaches to the methods of science. Um, and in this, while, while he did not coin the term, he really made a whole lot more a part of public awareness the phrase paradigm shift. Most of us have heard that, right? Um, and that's a real interesting idea for me, too. But what if I, if I understand it all, part of what uh, Thomas Kuhn talked about was that within sciences there were often competing paradigms and that each was uh, uh, framed by the people who were in a consensus in that particular scientific community. But that... Um, the competing paradigms were frequently incommensurable. That they could not be reconciled. And that objectivity could not be the only tool by which a, an overview of science could be resolved. Well, that made me happy. I know it probably makes scientists' heads spin around, but... Uh, um, but but the idea that there was somebody talking about the philosophy of science that was right out there with paradoxes, yay! Um, so anyway, here I am before you good people. And we're a community that I think incorporates a paradox. And I think the people who are methodical and systematic and meticulous in the, the way that they sort through things or assemble things or evaluate things, and the people who have an instinct for things that defy that approach have an opportunity to dialogue about those things. I talked about us needing, I, I played the song that we you know, need mercy now. We get real comfortable with our habits. We get real comfortable with our positions, whatever they may be. 
it's in that spirit of mercy that reconciliation happens. It's in that spirit of openness to receiving something good from somebody else, something else, something bigger than us, that this ground here among people with very different approaches to life can grow a group of people who have learned the skills to communicate across differences that are unreconcilable and hopefully then carry that out to places where the tension is a little bit higher. The differences have a little bit more um, cost. The outcomes are things that that can bring up our fear rather than our sense of uh, openness and mercy. I know my short, I know some of my short suits. I'm sure there are lots of people that would like to help me be more mindful of my other ones. You know. But I think I know what some of my long suits are too. And and regarding beloved community, it's only in it's only in a loving safe environment that we can let people talk to us about our short suits. And if there's a possibility that our greatest strength, our greatest advantage could rest in what is also our greatest weakness, don't we owe it to ourselves to cultivate an environment in which that kind of honest exchange can happen. Anyway. We can't walk it out into the world until we've thoroughly lived it in our own backyard. But I love you guys. And I see that possibility in every face here. I just want to encourage us to try. <laughs>